Hello, this is Gidon Rothstein, and this is Perakhet of Sefer Mishnah, chapter 8 of the book of Proverbs, and today we are going to be working with the commentary of the Vilna Gaon, of the, which is going to be a commentary that's particularly apt for this parak because it is a chapter that discusses issues of wisdom and Torah and the nature of Torah, and the Vilna Gaon is certainly a figure in Jewish thought who has a creative interesting, uh, challenging, all the right words that you want to use, thoughts on the nature of Torah. So the chapter starts off with the with the words, Behold, wisdom calls out, and which the JPS English has as understanding, raises her voice. And the Vilna Gaon points out that this is different, and part of what he says, the Mishle is trying to point out, is that as opposed to evil, which doesn't call out, or theft, which doesn't call out in public and doesn't uh, make a big fuss, meaning it does its work in private and in secret, true wisdom and true understanding call out in open and raise their voices to be heard and to be known. I don't know that it's always true that wrong ideas don't call out and don't try to be known, but the Vilna Gaon is saying that some kinds of evil have to hide, whereas... Wisdom is calling out and trying to get people there. Now it's going to be interesting because in a, just a little while he's going to also recognize that some forms of wisdom aren't out there in the public and aren't out there calling out. So how he would have balanced those, we'll, I, we won't know. But there is this idea he's understanding this plus is saying that in at least some ways wisdom calls out, whereas at least other ways evil and theft and things like that try to avoid being seen. Berosh <laughs> Uh, at the topmost heights, Barosh Meromim is where she stands, meaning wisdom. And at the road, at the crossroads, that's where she's standing, waiting for people, trying to call out to people. Now, here, the commentary of the Vilna Gaon, and I noticed, I've been saying the Vilna Gaon, but it's really something that was put together by one of his students. And here's an example of where you notice that, because he starts off by pointing out that Berosh Meromim, as opposed to Ali Derech and Beit Nitivot, that's three things, if you want to take it that way. And one of the things we've noticed about the Vilna Gon is that that's what he does with Psukim like this. He'll suggest that each of them are slightly different. So he points out, or he argues, that there are three kinds of wisdom. And in the parentheses, so the parentheses is a side note put in by the, the student who wrote the commentary. I forget now which student it was, but the student who actually wrote down the commentary says that all of these things are very deep matters, and he'll only explain it a little bit. I, when I was taking notes, I didn't take full notes on it because I don't want to get into those kinds of deep matters. But he talks about the fact that there's a, a, a wisdom that is hidden from all. The Vilna Gaon will say that in a second, so we'll get to that. But there's a wisdom that's from all, and he says that's in the soda of Ruach Meruach. And then when you come to the female characteristic of the universe, and that's where you get the fire, and that's where you get the basis of it. But you can only get that when you have sowed, when you have uh, hidden secrets. I raise that not because I think it's intelligible in the form in which I quoted it, but because it reminds us that the Vilna Gaon and his students come from a tradition in which there are hidden ideas of that sort, where the Kabbalistic tradition and various strands, and there are different strands with different ideas in them, of the Kabbalistic tradition believe that they have traditions about the way the universe works at a much deeper and more fundamental and more metaphysical level than we tend to talk about. And things like the male characteristic of the universe and the female characteristic of the universe are ideas that are common speech within Kabbalistic circles. We live in a time, I think, we live in a time where in which we're not willing to uh, stereotype or to pigeonhole male and female so narrowly, I don't know if narrowly is the right word, so um, specifically, 
we're not willing to say that we know what it means to be male and we know what it means to be female so specifically or so well as to be able to do that. But that's not a tradition that doesn't exist in Judaism. And I think it's worth knowing whatever our commitments are, whatever forms of Jewish thought we tend to follow in our own personal lives, I thought it was just interesting to note that that is out there as well. In any case, at a more simple level or more plain level, more obvious level, the Milgon says something that I think is broadly understandable and broadly applicable. He says there are three kinds of wisdom. There's the kind that's known to everybody, meaning if you've gotten to any form of wisdom, you'll know and accept this and believe it. Then there are hidden wisdoms which aren't known to everybody except for those who are really wise. But those who are really wise all accept them. Um, so it's like the night, he says, in which it's dark, but um, people who know and see it and then they can understand what it's all about. Now that already, just those first two levels, the third level and the second, but those first two levels are important levels because for me, because I believe or I see or I experience that there are wisdoms that everybody knows, that first level everybody agrees to. But the idea that there are things which you don't get to know until you're wise, that's not the same thing as hidden wisdom. You don't get to know until you've actually worked on it. That's something which often in America is lost. And often in America you have, you see people who assume that everything is common sense. And you don't need any particular wisdom or any particular effort to get to understanding of the world, to understanding of, of, of deep topics. Uh, I personally thought this was true in the recent presidential election, in which you had wide groups of Americans who seemed not to care that people, there were people out there who didn't seem to understand anything about the issues and, and, and couldn't grapple with them. So that was something where you need a certain level of wisdom doesn't mean that everybody who has that level of wisdom will be able to run the country and is more fit to be a leader, but it does mean that there are things out there that are complicated, and unless you've achieved a certain sense of wisdom, you really can't understand as well as those who have worked at it and come to understand it. And then the third level, like Gimel, the Vilna God says, There are also wisdoms that people can't understand. And the Vilna meant notes, there's a Gemara that talks about Moshe Rabbeinu going up to heaven, and he sees Hashem writing a Sefer Torah, and Hashem is writing, um, putting tagging, putting crowns on various letters. He says, what's this all about? So the, Hashem says to him, uh, there will come a day when somebody's going to darshan this, and he shows him Rabbi Akiva in the base Medrash, teaching important lessons of Torah based on those things. Rosh Rabbeinu witnesses this, and he... Um, and he can't even understand what's going on in the basement. He can't even follow the conversation, which is a striking image, because Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who received the Torah from Hashem. You would think he understands it all, and yet he seems not to. That's a whole interesting discussion of its own. Um, there's an interesting book I read years ago by again, the Rabbi, not a rabbi, I don't know if he's a rabbi, but he's a professor of math at Bar Ilan named Moshe Kapel, Moshe Kapel called Meta Halakha. has an interesting theory of how that could work, that Moshe Rabbeinu could have given the whole Torah and yet not understand what Rabbi Kiva was teaching. Whatever the explanation of that part of the Medrash is, the Vilna Gon is referring to the later part of the Medrash. Moshe Rabbeinu is upset, and so Hashem shows him that he's still important in Jewish history, Moshe Rabbeinu. And then Moshe Rabbeinu says, what happens to this Rabbi Akiva? And, he, and he's shown his end in which he's persecuted and killed by the Romans um, in a very painful way. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, what is that? And Hashem says, Kach Allah This is what has come before me, before the way I think. In other words, if you're going to say that this third level of Chochmah is there are levels of Chochmah, of wisdom, in which Hashem operates in a way that we actually cannot understand and that the only answer is, the only answer is that we have to accept and understand that there are wisdoms beyond us. And that's an important thing as well, especially in our scientific culture these days, you see many, many scientists 
who will deny that there is such a level of wisdom, and they will say, we may not know this yet, but obviously at some point, we will conquer this and we will come to know it, and the Vilnagon is saying, these three levels of wisdom in Pasuk Bet, Berosh Meromim, Alei Derech, Beit Nitivot, is a reference to a third level of wisdom, which we in fact cannot get. We can strive towards, we can get pieces of, we cannot fully get it. Okay, Pasuk, Gemul Yad She'arim Lefikaret Mevob Tachim Tarona. Um, Liyad Sharina, the gates of the city entrance, the entryway, she, she shouts out. And what is she shouting out? Aleichem Ishim Ekra, Pazakdar, Aleichem Ishim Ekra, Vekoli Albene Adam, I call out to you, uh, O people, Aleichem Ishim, and my voice is for Bene Adam. So, who are these Ishim that she's calling out to? The Vilnagon says, Husod Hadat. It is the secret of knowledge. Kemushkatuv, Kikel de Otashem. And with this dot, the Vilnagot says it's sort of a, I remember years ago meeting a fellow who was in business of some sort, and he said he had spent a lot of his day, what he called managing up, and then another part of his day managing down, meaning that he had to speak to his superiors and deal with them and hang out with them just to keep them happy, but then he had to go and manage the people who were under him. So the Vilnagot has an idea of dot in very similar ways. You've got two above you, and then you've got two below you, and you have to be putting them together in dot, meaning wisdom he thinks comes from metaphorically above, meaning from Hashem, and you have to connect to the upper world to get an understanding of it. Not He doesn't mean mystically. He doesn't mean you have to go into some trance. He just means that when you're learning and growing in your knowledge, you're getting wisdom from that source, and then you have to connect to the world below. Um, and then he says, and then he says here, it's not clear, then he says, I'm sorry, in Pazik, hey, no, I'm sorry, in Pazik Dalit, he says that that Chochmah is more hidden than Bina. So in our opening passage, we say, He says, Chochmah is more, is more, uh, more removed from the world, more harder to get, um, more hidden than Bina. And that's interesting because we generally think of Bina as being the next level. Chochmah is, you learn stuff, and then Bina is, you get one thing out of the other. Vilnagon is going in a different direction here. And if that's true, he says Bina can happen to all people. All people can achieve Bina, but Chochmah might only be for Gdolim. So, and that's what Alechim Ishim Ekra might mean, because it's Halach Chochmah Tikra, the Kolil B'nei Adam. The Kol would, would correspond to the Tfuna in Pasuk Alev. That would go to all B'nei Adam. And the Vilnagon says, what, am I, what does that mean? It means... That there are, he says there are five kinds of human beings, and this obviously is a theory that you develop on based on learning Tanakh and Midrashim. We're not going to go into it, but he lists five kinds. There's Adam, there's Geber, there's Ish, there's Ben Adam, and there is Enosh. So in our passage we said Alechem Ishim Ekra, that would be level three, and then Kolio Ben Adam would be the next level. So he's saying that 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 shows you that Bina is lower in this sense than. And then he says the lowest level is called Enosh. Why is that called Enosh? Because until that time, there was a Tselem Elohim, and then they grew and developed from the time of Enosh. Because in Enosh we say, and Enosh is this important figure in Parashat Bereshit. So that, again, is an example of a whole worldview that is hidden within this comment, but that you have to delve into many of the other writings of the Vilna and of others to get the fullest picture. But he's saying that means 
that this kind of wisdom we're talking about is a kind that will appeal to or will be accessible to levels, as it were, three and four of humanity. And level five was a level that at the time of Enosh got changed and we got, uh, we got lifted from that when it was just the bare telling of the Kim. So nowadays, I guess I noted because nowadays people like to point out that everybody has a telling of all human beings. And it's true, including, and what they're saying is including non-Jews, which is obviously true. And yet the Vilna Gaon is saying, yeah, but that hasn't been, that hasn't been the level at which we should be striving to think of ourselves as achieving something for thousands of years. Because from the time of Enosh, we were supposed to have gotten beyond that. And then the basic level should have been Ben Adam. And then beyond that, we should have been able to achieve at least to being Ishim and moving on from there. Havinu, Havinu Pataim or Ma Havinu Lev. So the Pataim, in the English, is those simple ones learn shrewdness, oh, dullards instruct your minds, is what the English has. And then you have to figure out what a petty is as opposed to a seal. In our Pasuk the Nagon says, Pataim are people who are nipatu biyitzran. They gave in to their various inclinations, and that's why they're Pataim. That's why they can't achieve wisdom. That's why they don't know. Whereas Havinu, and so they, they just need Havinu. They need to understand ways to control themselves. Whereas Ksilim don't have the intellect, and therefore they have to first have Havinu Lev. They have to first develop the internal resources from which to build a level of knowledge of an intellect. So for here, the Ksil is at a earlier starting point for the Vilna Gaon than a Peti. A Peti is somebody who has the capability to learn and the capability to understand, but just gives into their, excuse me, give into their lesser inclinations, given to their desires, and therefore they waste their time, and therefore they don't get uh, the kind of wisdom they could get. Whereas uh, Kisil is somebody who does not yet have the intellectual tools to, and I don't mean the ba- I don't mean the in- inherent intellectual tools, I mean it hasn't developed the modes of learning, the skills of learning, the disciplines of learning, all those sorts of things. Meaning, if you had somebody who wanted to learn, but they never bothered to learn how to read, you'd have a problem. They don't only read well enough. I remember when I got to Yeshiva, I had a Rebbe who said to me that my main task at that point was to learn how to read. And I said, I read fine. He said, is that what he meant? He meant that you ought to read fluently and well and quickly, meaning if I had to spend a tremendous amount of time figuring out each word in a Ramban, and then once I figured out each word by looking it up in the dictionary, and then I could put it together into a sentence, that wasn't the kind of reading that was going to foster quick growth. You have to develop a reading skill, and this is true in Chomish, and it's true in Mishnah, it's true in Gemara. You develop a reading skill that will be fast enough to be able to accomplish enough ground to be able to learn significant amounts, and from there to grow. So that would be an example of where, at least in this building alone, the Ksil is not ready for uh, for Chochmah or for Orma, and therefore he needs to have Inulev. He needs to develop the heart and the internal abilities to be able to achieve that. Pasuk Vav Shim'u Ki Negidim Adaber Umi Listen, because I speak noble things of the JBS, my uprightness comes from my lips, right? So, uh, so the Vilna Gaon now is going to say the next six Pesukim are each going to take on one of the aspects of Torah, and we'll see them as we come along. They start with Mikra, Mishnah, Gemara, Midrashot, um, meaning Tanakh, and then Mishnah, and then Gemara, and then uh, ways of deriving new ideas from the Torah, and then we'll go on, we'll see more in the coming Pesukim. So this Pasuk, he says, is talking about Pshutei Torah, Neged Mikra, uh, it talks about, it says, Bi Negadim Adaber, Ki Negadim Negidim Adaber, Vidara Eum Mefetech Svatai Meisharim, he says, if you're speaking to 
a ruler, then you just don't say extra words. You say you're, you speak very succinctly because their time is very busy. They're not going to give you extra time for flowery speeches and for flowery presentations, is what the Vilna Gaon is saying. I'm not sure that was, has always been true of rulers at all stages of history. But he's saying that's what this puzzle is talking about. When it says, Kine Gidim at the very, it says, Torah itself speaks very succinctly and every word of it has value and has a meaning and has uh, a lot of impact. And that's what you want to maximize when you speak to Nikodim. So that's a reference to Torah itself, to Mikra, to saying that you get all of the maximum that you can out of the words in there. Pasuk Zayin Ki Emet Resha Because my lips will speak, uh, my mouth utters truth and wickedness is abhorrent to my lips. And the Vilagon says that's talking about Mishnah because in Mishnah, he assumes, and this you didn't have to follow through a Mishnah commentary to make sure or to see how it works, but he says in Mishnah, really every word is a din of its own. It's a law of its own. Every sentence, perhaps it means every phrase, and everything it says is true, and and everything that it says is wrong or is bad or is tummit or is puzzle is evil, is wrong, and you don't want to get involved in those things. So that is a pasuk about Mishnah. So if if Torah's prime characteristic in these presentations, according to the Vilna Gaon, is that it it is extremely economical in its words. That would be the that would be the nature of Torah, its economy with its language. The nature of Mishnah for the Vilna Gaon would be the the law relatedness, the truth value of every word within it. Pasuk chet betzedek kolim refi in bahem niftal viikesh. All my words are just. None of them are perverse or crooked. He says this is going to talk about Gemara about the Talmud. Because sometimes, he says, if you look in the Talmud, you'll see that sometimes the Gemara, when it's dealing with a Brite or a Mishnah, it'll say, it's lacking words. It'll say, the Mishnah doesn't make sense, or the Brite doesn't make sense. It'll say, it's chisuri mechsra, it's missing. Or sometimes it'll say, um, uh, change the words, it should be this way, tanikach, change it this way. Or that's what it seems to say. And so the Gaon says, and don't think that that's strange, or that that's made up, which is in something which uh, he's being prescient here, because certainly there are people who today will say, that's very strange in the Gemara, it means the Gemara is making a mistake, it means this, it means that, it says, don't say that, that's what the Bible is trying to tell you, but they're all said, right, and also, he says, don't think uh, that um, it has too much word, that it uses too many words, and that it's doing, it's too convoluted, and it's trying to bring out things that aren't true or that aren't right or that aren't correct, meaning it's in the negative sense that people sometimes say, say the words, it's Talmudic. Velnagon says, that's what Mishle is trying to make sure you understand, but there are no crooked or wrong or perverse words there, even though you, the, you meeting, you being anybody who's uninitiated into the logic of Gemara might look at it casually and inappropriately and see it as being uh, perverse or wrong or crooked or going around a topic rather than going straight and having an, a convoluted logic. Then the is saying that's the puzzle Mishlei is trying to tell you, making sure that you understand is not true. Now the question is if, if the Vilna Gaon thinks that just by saying so it turns it into true, he seems to think that that's what Mishlei is coming to assure you. And I think then the reaction would be if you accept Mishlei's ideas, the reaction would be to say, oh, now that I understand this, I will look at Gemara with a new attitude and I will see that the Lamini, others of his writings, in others of his writings, the Vilna Gaon tried to uh, show, let's say, the truth value of every word in Mishnah. Or, he didn't write that many Gemara commentaries that I know of, but he presumably would have tried to show you that the logic was not convoluted and wrong, it was actually a perfectly valid form of logic, a valid way of reasoning about the topic at hand. 
So it's not just take it from Mishnah, but Mishnah gives you the opening, and then you can build on it to go back and check things. And what you might have thought X, Mishnah is saying that's not true, and go back and check yourself. Pasuk Tet, Kulam Nechachim Lamevin Vishareim, Lemotza Eidat. And he says, this is talking about Midrash, like the Sifra and the Sifra, these are the Midrash Halakha, these are the legal Midrashim, where they take Psukim and the Torah and they derive various Halachot, and sometimes the Vilna Gon says they are very surprising. Because they will sometimes even seem to completely reverse what the Torah actually says. A prime example that he quotes is Ayin Tachat Ayin. Pazik says you take an eye for an eye, famously, and where our Midrash Halacha says uh, that doesn't mean it. It means you pay a monetary fine. And then sometimes it'll derive things from the Pazik and you look at the Pazik and you wouldn't have thought that. And that's why Mishnah is coming to tell you, they're all clear and obvious and appropriate to those who understand it properly and straight and true to those who seek uh, the Motzeidad, he says, Motzeidad does not mean those who find knowledge or want to find knowledge. It means those who have already found knowledge of the Torah. In other words, again, this would be another example where Mishnah is not going to prove the point. It is simply asserting a point for you then to build on. And the point it's asserting is that these Midrashim that can seem strange and foreign, this way of deriving information from the Torah can seem like it's odd or at odds with what the Torah demand. So Pazak Tet and Mishle is telling you it's not true, and those who understand it properly and delve into it, that would be the next step. You'd have to then go off and do it, but we'll find that in fact is a proper and appropriate and fully consonant with Torah. This is an important issue for the Vilna Gon. I know this only because in his commentary on Pirkei Avot, just an example where I saw it, there's a commentary on Pirkei Avot printed in some Sidurim uh, by the Vilna Gon, and his main concern is showing that every every what we call ethical assertion in Pirkei Avot by rabbis at the time of the Mishnah, he gives you a pasuk that makes that same exact point. The obvious goal there is to show that it's not that the rabbis of the Mishnah were smart guys and came up with stuff on their own, but that they were shaped by Tanakh and that they were really building off of Tanakh and asserting all these other things. And connecting those is very important to the Vilnagon. So the same thing would be true about Midrash HaMacha. He's trying to tell you it's not the Sifran Sifrei make up what they want out of law. And I've heard people say things like this. The rabbis are changing what Tanakh really wanted, what the Torah really wanted. And he's saying, even before there were people really saying this, but he's saying that's not at all what's, what's going on is that they're fully understanding it. And if you understood the Midrash HaMacha better, you would understand that as well. Pasuk Yud Kichu Musari Ve'al Kasef Ve'da'at Mecharuts Nifchar Take my Musar, take my discipline and don't look for money and knowledge is much more uh, valuable than than gold, than, than the best kinds of gold. And the Vilna Gaon says this is about Agadot, which are the parts of the uh, of the Talmud of the Gemara, which are um Less directly legal and less directly, less directly clear in their logic, less, less directly focused on a logical presentation. There are more stories, there are this, there are that, but they make valid and important points in terms of how to discipline ourselves. Um, the Vilna Gong quotes that a Gemara that says, Harutzele da elokim will stick to Agadot. Um, that being an example of the value of Agadot in terms of their Musar value, in terms of their discipline value. The point then being that the Agadot, which can seem just like strange, odd stories, are really there to teach you important lessons, and that's, uh, and that's this level of knowledge. And then, Pasuk Yud Aleph, Kitova, Chochma, Mipininim, Chochafatzim, Lo Yeshuva, 
because wisdom is more valuable than jewels and pearls and all the things that you might think you want are not going to measure up to it in value. And this, the Vilna says, talking about sodot, about the esoteric pieces of knowledge, which is something, a piece of an area of Jewish thought which uh, exercised him greatly in which he invested a great amount of effort and they're more valuable, they're very valuable and anything you think you need, you know, all the basic humanness as you think are not nearly as valuable as getting to this and that would be a reason why and we'll see a little bit more of this in a second that would be a reason why the Vilna might say that it's much more worthwhile to um, to spend your time studying and seeking those kinds of wisdoms than to to spend time on getting basic necessities, right? And the Vilna lived a life of penury, of deep poverty perhaps because he was getting something much more valuable to him. So it wasn't, he just didn't want to work. It was, he thought he was getting something much more valuable out out of it. That's the way I would understand this anyway. Um, okay, next Pasuk. Pasuk Yud Bet Ani Chochma Shekhanti Orma Vidat Mizimot Emtsa so the JPS English has it as I wisdom live with prudence, I attain knowledge and foresight. And the Velnagon says that's because from Torah you get Orma, which is a way of understanding the world and a way of dealing with the world. Kimo Yaakov, meaning Yaakov is the example because Yaakov is the one who was able to strive with Esau and to strive with Lavan and to win, even though Lavan tricked him all those times. And Lavan, people, I've heard many people say, oh, you know, Yaakov doesn't behave properly and appropriately. He cheats this, he cheats that. So the Torah doesn't bother to tell us all the times that Lavan tried to, te- to treat, cheated him, except for the one time with Rachel, we know. But when Yaakov finishes his time with Lavan and talks to him, where he's talking to Rachel and to Leah, and he says how Lavan cheated him and by changing his, uh, by changing his reward ten different times. So, we're supposed to understand that even though the Torah doesn't bother telling us all those incidents, that the time with Lavan was a time in which it was a battle over whether or not love would just deal properly and appropriately. And in response then, the Pesach is telling us, Yaakov cheats him back, or doesn't cheat him, Yaakov tricks him back to make sure he gets what's rightfully his. So that whole question of how you deal with that, if we're learning Bresha, we can talk about it more, but the Vilna Gaon is using Yaakov as the example for this Pesach here in bet, which tells you that proper wisdom gives you a way... Um, uh, a way of dealing with the world, and it knows what to guard yourself against. That's vidat mizimot You know what to guard yourself against. You know how to deal with the world. Now that means then, the Vilna would be telling you, even though he himself lived a life that wasn't heavily involved with this world, proper understanding of Torah will not create a person who's just otherworldly and knows how to think about Hashem. It would be a person who knows how to deal in this world as well. He may choose not to because he prefers that other world, but that's not true. That the, that the Torah won't give you good, practical understanding of people and how people work and how to deal with that world. So that's a, an important piece. I and mean, that would suggest that, at least according to this Pasuk and Mishnah, the Vilna Gom's understanding of it, that if you don't get that kind of wisdom and knowledge, you haven't learned the Torah properly. Pasuk Yudgimu Yirat Hashem Sinut Ra Ge'av V'ga'on V'derak Ra Pita Pukot Saneti. So the proper fear of Hashem is to hate evil. The Vilna doesn't say this, but I think um, hating evil is an important thing that we have lost sight of. If you no people are evil, we might have sympathy for them, we might say that's not our choice, but the real hatred of evil, the real opposition to evil, the real being offended by evil is something that we today do not have nearly as much of as once upon a time, and as and, and as Mishle seems to be saying, is part of the essence of fear of Hashem, because if you really care about Hashem, it will really bother you that there's evil in the world which is opposed to Hashem. The Vilna though, picks on the words, Ge'ah V'ga'on. Ge'ah V'ga'on is 
uh, in English terms, it is pride and arrogance. So the question was the difference between them. So the Vilna Gon says that Gaya is somebody who's proud of himself. Meaning if you were to see him when he speaks to himself in the mirror at night, he would say, oh, you're a great guy. And he really has an over-inflated sense of himself. And he's just very proud of what he's accomplished. Whereas Gaon is that he wants to translate that pride into uh, other people treating him a certain way, into having a certain kind of uh, rulership over other people. And then Derech Ra and Pita Puchot, the Vilnagon quotes the Mishnah and Avot that says, Kina and Ta'ava and Kavod, jealousy and lusts and appetites and the desire for honor are what destroy people in the world. And that is what we're spoken about here. So Yurat Hashem is to hate these things. And what are these things? Primary modes, primary areas of evil are pride and arrogance. So pride is your internal feeling of your greatness. And arrogance is your expectation or your hope or your plan that others should therefore give you rulership over them. And then, Derech Ran Pita Puchot is just in general having various appetites and desires and seeking honor and being jealous of others. And that, the Vilna Gaon says, Zehu, that's the prayer that we say at the end of our Shemana Esra every day, three times a day. Hashem, please keep guard, guard my lips, my mouth from saying Ra. And even the Mekalalai, those who curse me out, and all that is neged ge'av, and afshikafai, you want to be, uh, you want to have your soul like, you want to say, I treat my soul like dirt, meaning not that I treat myself badly, but it's against ga'on, that I don't expect other people to treat me any certain kind of way, and that's supposed to be as opposed to engaging in or indulging in various appetites, which is the opposite of Torah, she is as opposed to desiring other kinds of things. In other words, he's seeing that whole prayer as being reflective of this very Pasuk and saying that you're praying to avoid all the various traps of evil that you might have, thinking of yourself too well, seeking from others a kind of of treatment that's inappropriate, that's wrong, or that's not necessary, uh, an indulgence of jealousy, of lusts, of appetites, of desires, all those kinds of things that we're praying to avoid when it comes to that prayer of the at the end of Shemona Esrei. Pasuk Yedala li Eitzavetushya Ani Bina li Givura So, li Eitzavetushya means I have wisdom and advice and counsel. I am uh, insight and understanding and I have heroism. It's to understand, for the Vilna Gon, the temptations of the Yetzirah. And it's to know how to get to wisdom and how to get to those things and how to get one thing out of the other. So that is just uh, very, fairly very ordinary in terms of our understanding of Mishnah. Kings can rule with me and Roznim and lawmakers can make just laws. Vilnagon says that 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 is a that is a split a split responsibility between the people who learn Torah. They are the ones who know how to make laws and know how to legislate. And then the kings are the ones who are going to find the way to execute it. In other words, his vision of a proper Jewish commonwealth would be that you have the legislators who are the Gdoli Torah, who have the real understanding of Torah, and then you have the kings and their idea and their function is somewhat akin to what our executive branch is supposed to do. They're supposed to be the ones who see that it comes to fruition and it and it works out in the way that it's supposed to. Pasik design Bisa Sharim Yashoru Sarim Yasaru, sorry, Undivim, called Shofte Tzedek. Through me, the princes will rule great men and all the righteous judges. Same, similar idea. Ani Ohavai Ehavu Meshacharayim Sauni. I will cause those who, Ani Ohavai Ehav will cause those who love me to be loved, and those who seek me will find me. So just a promise that if you work at it, you can find all these things, but you have to work at it in the right ways, and you'll be striving in the right ways. There's lots of 
wealth with me, hon atak utztaka, is uh, riches and honor, enduring wealth and success. The Vilna Gaon says, "Lamich lamed l'shema v'inurtel v'olam hazeh hon atak," which is a very, very valuable kind of a thing, and that's waiting for you in olam haba. This would be and another example of what the Vilna Gaon I mentioned it before. Vilna Gaon it puts his focus on the world to come as opposed to this world. Even though he said that the wisdom of Torah will teach you how to deal in this world, the real values are in the next world, and therefore you should avoid as much as you can taking things in this world. So he says, My fruits, meaning the fruits of my wisdom, the fruits of my Torah, are better than gold, and better than um, uh, is fine gold, and better than choice silver. So here, the Vilna Gaon says, and that should teach you that whatever you take in this world is going to be coming at the cost of getting things in the next world. What you have to understand is that that what you have out there is much better than anything you're, you're going to get here. And he gives an example. I heard this as a little kid of a guy who goes to a country where gold is treated like uh, nothing and where other things like silly things are treated like they're very expensive. And so you can easily get caught up in buying into that. And you'll end up buying or caring about or acquiring all of the unimportant things. And then you get back to your own country and you realize all of a sudden that it was gold, it was a dollar. Meaning, that would be, let's say you got to a place where so that we treat as nothing, let's say water, was extremely expensive and valuable. So you amass mass quantities of water and then you transport the water back with you to the place, that to back to, a, to the United States. All of a sudden you're going to have something that's largely uh, valueless. Whereas in that other country, gold was so simple to get. So that's the example the Vilna Gaon uses here, and he says that's what Pazi Yitzhak is reminding us to do, not to get caught up in that, not to lose sight of that, but to remember that we should use as little of this world as possible so that you can get as much of the next world. And then I walk in uh, the ways of righteousness and the paths of justice. This is again the wisdom it's going to give. To give those Excuse me, who, who love me, something of real, something that has real value, real, uh, real, um, essence, real substance, built to him to fill their storehouses. And again, he says here, and that's because this world is Hevel Varik, doesn't have any value, but the Olam Abba, the world to come is going to be eternal, and that's where we're going to get Great things. This is a puzzle, actually, this is a puzzle quoted at the very, very end of all of Mishnah. The last Mishnah, this is a tacked on as a puzzle to say that Hashem has all these things waiting for us in the world to come. And that's what the Vilna Gaon is focused on here as well and saying that we have to make sure not to get caught up in our strivings in this world in seeking, in, in strivings in this world because we have to remember that the real, the best value in the next world. That's a worldview. That's a very important question of how much effort we should put into building up this world or to caring about this world. The Vilna Gaon is the first of a movement or is part of a movement that will eventually lead to a world in which you think not very much at all. That's a, there's a backlash to that among certain circles today where they say, no, we have to build up this world. Different conversation for a different time. I'm not going to have time to go through this, but the Vondagon takes these next psukim as being references to various parts of the creation of the world and that the Mishle is going through the creation of the world to say that this is what Hashem created in all of these kinds of things, but I'll just have to read and translate because I'm really already out of time. I apologize for having misused my time today. Hashem Kanani Hashem created me at the beginning of his course as the first of his works of old. Um, the the Mishnah in Avot thinks that this is a reference to Torah and that Torah pre-existed the world. Uh, in the distant past, that was fashioned at the beginning of the origin of the earth. Before there was any to home, any depths, any deeps, when there were any springs of 
the world. There's just one Vilna Gaon. Vilna Gaon says, Tom is sod vayavdel. So we think Tom is being uh, the depths. But I just thought it was striking and I couldn't resist noting that the Vilna Gaon thinks that Tom, the idea of chasms is that part of creation, important part of creation, is the idea of separating various things. All the separation that Hashem does is part of the creation of all of these uh, of all of the of all of the world of all of the earth. Beterem harim hot before the mountains were made. Think vaot cholalti before the hills were made. Then I was created. Adlo asa eretz v'chutzot v'rosh afrot tevel before he made earth and fields and the world's first clumps of clay. Bachino shamayim shamani when he made the heavens that was there. Chukochug al penet the home when he uh, fixed the horizon upon the deep. Right, all of that, I was there before that. When he made the heavens above and the fountains of the deep gushed forth. When he made a boundary for the sea. And then the, that the waters won't go beyond what Hashem said, beyond where He said they should stop when He fixed the foundations of the earth. So in all of this, and I was always there. I was a confidant. I was playing there daily uh, at all times. Rejoicing in this inhabited world. Finding delight with mankind. Meaning that the Torah and wisdom and all these things are things that are looking for man to succeed and looking to have us be part of this thing. And if we can involve ourselves in Torah, we are getting something that in this sense is prior to, whether chronologically or conceptually, but is prior to uh, the world itself. And therefore people should, Torah and wisdom are calling out and saying, listen to me, and you're going to be, it'll be so great for you, whoever uh, follows my path, and keep my ways of discipline and be wiser and don't break them. And then the person who does this, who listens to me, to go to my doors daily, to be at my doorsteps. Obviously, these are You have to learn every day. You have to learn um, as much as you can. And then the student who put this down says, and this is also about, you have to learn not only the outer version of Torah, but also the inner versions of Torah, and that's stuck on Mishpah and all these kinds of things. And then Mizuzot, the, the, the doorpost of Torah, he says, the Vilna says are Ahava and Yira, but you have to combine the two, you have to go through both in terms of learning. Because whoever finds me, this wisdom, this knowledge, this understanding of Torah, and works at it, is finding life. And and then the Vilna strikingly says, finding life, and he says, he la our Pasuk is he, it is a source of life, a tree of life, Lamachazikimba, who hold on to it. When the Vilagon says Lamachadshimba, he means who those who innovate, meaning he thinks that an important, an essential aspect of the study of Torah is to innovate and to find new ideas and via fake Ratsam and to find uh to get well, love from Hashem or want from Hashem, Hashem to be happy with you, that is when you pray properly. And those who sin are really still in their own souls, and that's the opposite of getting what Hashem, of having love from Hashem and having Hashem be happy with you. You're really stealing that from yourself, and what you're really liking, what you're really putting yourself up for, is death. So that's the parak of Parakhet for the Vilna Gon, a parak about wisdom, about the nature of wisdom, the value of wisdom what kinds of skills it gives you, how you build it up, and those are all the ideas that we've seen today. Have a great day.